0: The phone rings in the morning. A young boy picks up the phone. The man on the other side of the cell phone says, Are your parents there? He says, No, they're busy. Who else is there? The police. Can I talk to them? They're also busy. Who else is there? The fire department. Can I talk to them? They're also busy. The man on the phone says, look, let me get it right. Your parents are there. The police are there. The fire department is there. And they're all busy. All busy doing what? And the boy responds, busy looking for me. Uh, yeah. The Pasha of Balak talks about billam being hired by Balak, to curse the Jewish people. They are looking to curse the Jewish people. And every time, Billam attempts to curse the Jewish people, he blesses the Jewish people. You find here, in chapter number 23, verse number 24, the Torah tells us hen um yakum teref What does this mean it Says the passage you should know that behold the people of Israel will arise like a lion cub and raise itself Like a lion, it will not lie down until it consumes prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Says Rashi, the classic commentator on the passage, on the Pasuk. He says, what is the meaning they will arise like a lion cub when they get up in the morning? They are strong and have energy like a young lion cub and like a lion, to grab the mitzvahs, and he goes on to say, number one, to put on the talis, number two, to recite the Shema, and number three, to put on their tefillin. So the meaning here is not exactly literal, it's more midrashic. That the meaning to get up in the morning like a lion here means to arise like a lion. To do the will of God, the mitzvahs of Hashem. And to do it in a way to grab it. Lach And then Rashi goes on to say they don't go to sleep. Until they consume their prey. This means that before they go to sleep. They say the bedtime, the Shema. And they give their soul to God to protect and watch over. This is the last line of the Shema that we say before we go to bed. I give you my soul, God, as security for safekeeping until tomorrow morning. So this is the meaning. They don't go to sleep until they consume their prey. Then it actually goes on to say, there's another interpretation, and he says, like the Targum of Unculus explains. What does the Unculus say? The Unculus says over here that the meaning of they arise like a lion cub and a lion means that they will not rest until its land is conquered and they kill its prey by inheriting the property of the nations. So, there are two interpretations here in Rashi. Number one is they are like a lion to do the mitzvahs of God, which is more midrashic. And then you have the unkilis that is more literal, that they will be like a lion to conquer their enemies and inherit the land. Now, it's interesting to note that Rashi is known to be the Pashtun, which means he takes the literal interpretation of the verse and yet here it seems that he takes more of a midrashic approach and furthermore why do we need two interpretations we know when Rashi brings two ter- interpretations is because that one is not enough we need a second one what is wrong with the first one and here the Rebbe says something very interesting the Rebbe says that even though normally Rashi takes the literal interpretation of the entire Torah, here when it comes to the prophecies of Bilam, being that Bilam is giving a prophecy, he's not giving a literal commandment, but rather a prophecy. And he says it's clearly Mishaloi, which means it's a mushal, it's a parable. He's giving over the parables of God, because the Torah calls this a parable, by definition a parable is something which is not literal. And therefore Rashi chooses to take the approach that this is something which is more midrashic, more homiletical, And therefore he translates the concept of a lion getting up means that we get up in the morning and we grab the mitzvos. Furthermore, Rashi brings two interpretations. The second one is more, more logical, which is like a lion that conquers its prey. So too, Israel will conquer the nations of the world. Why does Rashi need two interpretations? Here too, the Rebbe says something very interesting. And that is that there are two reasons why Bilam cannot curse the Jewish people. Number one is, because God does not allow him to curse the Jewish people. Why? Because they are beloved in the eyes of God. Number two, not only can he not curse the Jewish people, but he also blesses the Jewish people. And that is because there are many unique talents and merits amongst the Jewish people. And therefore they are deserving of these blessings. And this is the framework that Rashi tries to introduce throughout all the verses. That there are two concepts to all of the prophecies of Bilam. Number one is, they are like a lion and they get up to do mitzvot. And because they do all of these mitzvot, like putting on tzitzit and saying the Shema, and the putting on of the tefillin etc., etc., they are deserving of all of these brachas, all of these blessings from Almighty God. And number two, like the uncalist translates, more literally, that they will inherit the land of Israel. This is because they are beloved by God and therefore they will not be cursed. This is the pshat, the First approach to this Rashi. What is the is the hint for the future in the prophecies of Bilam? The Ramam tells us that Bilam is the non-Jewish prophet that prophesied pertaining to the two Mashiachs in the Torah. Number one, the Mashiach who is. King David, who will protect us from the enemies of the world. And then the ultimate Mashiach, who will bring about the building of the Holy Temple. And perhaps we can say that these two Mashiachs also represent these two concepts. Number one, not to be cursed, which means to be protected from the nations of the world. And number two, in the positive, that he will build, Mashiach will build... The the third holy temple and bring blessing to the entire world. This is the remez. What is the drush, the homiletics? There's a difference between Rashi and the midrash and how we learn this verse. Pertaining to the verse that the Jewish people behold there like a lion, like a lion cub. Says the midrash that they grab in the morning when they get up the recital of the shema the first thing they do in the morning is they say shema yisrael echad and number 2 they umamlichim la They coronate god as king they accept god as their king that is what the midrash says rashi changes from the words of the midrash and he says what is the meaning they are like a lion that when they get up, they grab the mitzvahs, all the mitzvahs. And, in particular, they put on tzitzis, they say the Shema, and they put on the tefillin, etc., etc. Terosh, Hamiletics, also alludes to halacha. From here we could derive an interesting halachic ramification. There is a dispute amongst the rabbis. What is the mitzvah? of the recital of the Shema, when we say that we have an obligation, when we lie down and when we we arise to recite the Shema twice a day, what is exactly the obligation of the Shema? We know that in general the Shema is comprised of three paragraphs, Shema, V'hoim Shomoya, and also V'yoymer. But what is the literal obligation how much do I have to say to, to fulfill the Shema? So there are two general opinions. Number one is, I fulfill the Shema by simply saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem l'akeinu Hashem v'chor. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is my God, the Lord is one. I now fulfill the mitzvah of the Shema. The other opinion is, no. I need to recite at least the first two paragraphs, the whole thing, Shema, V'yahavta, V'yom Shemaya, and even some say the third paragraph, Vayyomer, as well. We could derive from here that this is actually the implication of Rashi and the implication of the Midrash. The Midrash that says they are like a lion because they get up in the morning and they grab the Shema in order to coronate God as king, to accept God as the king. We'll learn that all you have to do is the first passage. Shema Yisrael Helena Kirashabad, here, O Israel, God is our Lord, God is one. The idea of this verse is to accept God as my King. He's one. That's enough. Rashi says, however, the meaning of they are like a lion that they get up in the morning and they grab all the mitzvos. And he gives examples: the mitzvah of tzitzis, that is equivalent to all the mitzvahs. The Shema that has within it the mitzvah of study of Torah, the mitzvah of tefillin, etc., etc. And tefillin which is not only one mitzvah but the mitzvah of tefillin gives us our passage to the world to come and in tefillin you have all of these mitzvahs as well you have the shema vahim shumaya etc etc so therefore according to Nashi it's not only to recite the first verse but they get up in the morning like a lion to accept all the mitzvahs and therefore they put on tzitzis, which alludes to all the mitzvahs. And the Shema, they recite the whole Shema, not only the first verse of the Shema, and tefillin, etc., etc. <clears throat> what is, what is soid? What is the esoteric? If you look at the first word in verse number 24, it says hen. What is the word hen? Hey, Nun, two letters. Pertaining to these two letters, we find a very powerful medrash. The medrash says that each of the letters, of the 22 letters of the Torah, have a partner. Husband and wife, besides two letters, the Hey and the Nun. So in other words, when we read the letters At-Bach, Alif Tess has a partner. The Tess. Alif and Tess is a partner. Bez and Ches is a partner. Gimel and Zion is a partner. Dalid and Vav is a partner. But the letter He has no partner. He is alone. He is a loner. Yuchad, one and only. And the same is true with the letter Nul. When we begin to match up the higher letters, the Yud and the Tzaddik, the Chaf and the pei, the Lamid and the Ayin, the Mem and the Samach, we are left with the letter Nun. Again, it has no partner. The He has no partner. The Nun has no partner. They come together, they become a partner. And the same is true, it says, that the Jewish people are alone amongst all the nations of the world. They have no partner. Their partner is Almighty God. It's interesting to note that the word hen answers another question. Rashi says, you get up in the morning and you grab the mitzvahs. What are the mitzvahs? You're grabbing tzitzis. You're grabbing the Shema. You're grabbing the tefillin. Hold on. Don't we know the first thing you do, you get up in the morning, what do you say? The first thing you say is ani." I acknowledge you, God. Thank you for returning my soul. Where is the moda'ani over here? Perhaps we can say that the hen is the Ani. Why? Because the gematria of hen, nun, is 55. The gematria of moida is 55. And so the first thing he say in the morning is moida. I acknowledge God. I grab it with my two hands together. I grab it and I say the modani. This is soy, this is the esoteric. What does Chasidus say? Chasidus focuses on the word khatifa. And Ashi says that you get up in the morning and you grab the mitzvahs. What is the idea of grabbing? What do we grab? What does that mean to grab? When you grab something, it shows that there's a chavivus, there's a love, there's a passion. Is a desire of, I'm grabbing that item, I'm grabbing that thing, I want it. You have a smorgasbord, and you want the tongue, or you want the, the gefilte fish, or you want the, the hot dogs, that's, you make a beeline, and you grab it before anyone else gets it, I want that. Khatifa. <clears throat> Says Rashi, that when we get up in the morning, there's a khatifa, I'm grabbing the mitzvah, why? Because I love it. I'm passionate about it. I need it. I want it. I desire it. I yearn it. But here too, we have two interpretations. We have the interpretation of the medrash and the interpretation of Rashi. Rashi says, Khatifa, I grab all the mitzvahs and the tzitzis and the Shema and the Tzvilah. The medrash says, I grab what? The Shema and I grab. God as my king. In other words, the Medrash is saying that the grabbing is only one thing. The first line of the Shema, I grab. I grab God as my king, I accept God as my king. Now, when it comes to the additional mitzvahs, I'm not grabbing it so much. I'm gonna do all the mitzvahs, but I lack that passion. I lack that desire. I lack that excitement. But Tadashi says, no. Khatifa means all the mitzvahs. I grab all the mitzvahs equally. When it comes to Pesach, oh, that's my favorite holiday. I'm going to grab the matzah. When it comes to Chanukah, oh, that's my favorite holiday. I'm going to grab the donuts. When it comes to Shavuot, oh, that's my favorite holiday. I'm going to grab the cheesecake. Every day, that's my favorite day. That's my favorite mitzvah. But you just said, Rabbi, the other mitzvah was your favorite mitzvah. Well, that was the other mitzvah. That was also my favorite mitzvah. All my mitzvahs are my favorite mitzvahs. This is the message of Rashi. This is the Hasidic approach to Hatifa, to grab it with passion, with excitement, like the first time you're doing that mitzvah. Furthermore, the idea of Hatifa can also be connected to the week that the portion of Balak is read which is the week of yud Beis Gimel tammuz when the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yitzhak, was freed from Soviet prison. In 1927, he was incarcerated. He was incarcerated because he was spreading Judaism in Russia, which was against the law of Russia. And yet, he was willing to give up his life And he had dedicated students that took vows and said, we, Rebbe, are going to follow in your footsteps. Whatever you want us to do, we are going to give up our lives if we have to, for the sake of Yiddishkeit. And many of the disciples, the Chesidim, of the previous Zubavitcher Rebbe, went and they opened up big voice and and synagogues and and, chedarin for children to study Torah and perform circumcisions, etc., etc., against the laws of the country. And they were found, and they were caught, and they were incarcerated. Many of them were killed and shot and sent to Siberia for life. But, they were Hasidim; They were chatoif when it came to a mitzvah. It didn't matter if it's the Shema, accepting God as our king, or any other mitzvah, even teaching a child olive Beis. This will be done with the same passion, with the same dedication, with the same self-sacrifice. And this is the the blessing, and this is the the power that that the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe and then our Rebbe instilled into all of his Hasidim and followers. And that is to be able to to dedicate themselves to, to grabbing every mitzvah and to dedicate themselves to spread Torah mitzvahs in a level of hatifa, in a level of self-sacrifice. So this is, in truth, the blessings that come from Bilam. He said, not only will the Jewish people not be cursed, but they will be blessed. Why are they blessed? Because they do so many great things. They're so special. How are they so, so special? That even in times of challenge... Even in times when it's difficult to be and follow Torah, yet they are dedicated, they are willing to follow Torah. It is these gifts, it is these blessings, it is these talents that make them deserving of all of God's brachot, of all of God's blessings. Speaking about the Fridic Rebbe, Rabbi Yitzhak, the previous Mabuch Rebbe, I would like to conclude with a short story that took place with my grandfather Rabbi Yaakov Yehuda Hech, Rabbi J.J. Hech, the Blessed Memory. When he was, yet a young man and he went into the Fidike Rebbe, he went into the previous abba Rebbe. In those days when the Rebbe was in America, the previous abba cherebbe from 1940 to 1950, it was difficult for him to speak. And he had his secretary who would interpret his words to the people that came in. A story is told that my a cousin of mine, Rabbi David Raskin, came in to America and he wanted to go into the previous Rebbe, Rabbi, Rabbi Sivizkok. They told him you can only go in together with the Rebbe's secretary, Rabbi Shims. And while he's waiting to go in with Rabbi Simpson, he sees an American boy, Rabbi J.J. Hecht, running into the Rebbe, coming out from the Rebbe. And he went in without a secretary, without an assistant. He walked in and he walked out. Rabbi David Raskin said, how come he is able to go in without a secretary and I need to go in with the secretary? And they told him, As follows. Er fashtet. He understands what the Rebbe is saying. And Rabbi David Raskin said that this has two meanings. He physically understands what the Rebbe is saying, but also on a deeper level. He really understands what the Rebbe is saying. And so, when we talk about who are they looking for, You ask yourself, am I looking for myself? Am I looking deeper to understand what God is asking of me? And to see not only to do the mitzvahs because we have to, and by doing so to protect ourselves from the curses of the world, but also to do the mitzvahs because I want to, and to do it with passion, to grab the mitzvahs, and because of this to receive all of God's blessings. And the ultimate blessing, as Bilam himself says, a scepter will shoot forth from Israel, which is the Melech HaMashiach, the King Mashiach, who will take us out of Golos with the coming of Mashiach, Ben-Heda, V'Amenu, Amenu.